Hey listeners, Craig here. As you've probably heard me mention on the show before, we have a fan club where people can donate a few bucks a month to help support the podcast. It covers things like our website hosting, shipping microphones around the country, getting transcriptions of our episodes for people who can't listen to it, and actually paying artists with type 1 diabetes for their work on the show. And the reason we ask listeners like you to help is because we don't want to depend on money from diabetes companies since that creates a conflict of interest in what we say. You love BetaCell because we're honest and we don't censor anything. If Dexcom has bad customer support, we call them out. If people are bailing on Medtronic's pumps, we talk about it. We're not too scared to tell you what we think because we don't want to lose a sponsor. Unfortunately, that's not true for everyone, and that's why your support is so important. In the past, as a thank you for our fan club members, we produced a show just for them out of range after dark. It was the out of range you know and love, but more of it. But it always felt a little weird to me to make a show that only people who gave money could access. It was very unbeta sell. So I decided to mix things up. Now everyone will get access to every podcast episode we make. Our fan club members will get early access to hear all of our episodes and read all of our blog posts a few days before everyone else. Plus they'll get bonus clips and outtakes, a behind-the-scenes look at the making of Beta Cell, input on future episodes, and, this is the really fun part, monthly video hangouts with me and other fan club members. So as of today, every episode of After Dark is public. You can listen to them here in your podcast feed, you'll just have to scroll down a bit to find all of them, or you can find them on our website. I encourage you to go back to the beginning and work your way through them chronologically. I hope you enjoy them as much as our fan club members have. And if you love the podcast and want to support our independent journalism and storytelling, you can find a link to join the fan club in the show notes of this episode or at betacellpodcast.com. Now here's the last episode of After Dark we recorded. Happy listening. From the award-winning Beta Cell podcast, this is Out of Range. After Dark. I'm Craig. Your cue, James. James. <laughs> Usually, Laura goes second. She always goes last. Do. She always goes last, which just has which has been a long time. We're out of practice. Let's start over. No, I like that. I'm Laura. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are in day um, ten thousand six hundred and ninety-four of quarantine. But what is it like? Sixty-eight. It's, it's like, I think it's, I think it depends. I don't know if I know exactly when we went in. It's in the it's late like 60s, 60s, early 70s. Yeah. Almost, yeah. it's almost the weather. Pretty soon, uh, the temperature outside is going to match what day we're in. That's true. Yeah. It is a uh, beautiful day in Los Angeles and we're all inside. Well, I was outside all day. Yeah. I got sunburned. Now I'm in, now I'm in the AC. <laughs> um, so, have you guys, uh, I don't know, accepted the fact that we're just, this is just life now? This is any normal? Yeah. I don't know if I've accepted it. I mean, I don't know what to accept because I still don't know what the new normal is going to be yet. Right, it's still so up and well, it's still so unknown. I guess I mean, for the time being, this is our life, right? Los Angeles is under indefinite stay-at-home orders. 
I thought everything was opening back up. Like they opened the parks again. Everyone's they opened the trails, but it's still like, they still say stay at home. You know, is there's no date to open back up. And I think that, um, uh, I don't know. Like, I, I guess the thing is, can we ever go back to normal? Like is social distancing just going to be a thing because I don't think we'll ever go back to normal. No. It's a one way. Street. I mean, I, I don't think it can go back to normal. I think we're going to have to wear masks for like years. What do you guys think? I think so. Um, you know, I was listening to some stuff like about always. Yeah. I mean, in Asia, they've, they've dealt with pandemics before, right? They had SARS, they yeah. had MERS, they've had other things and you know, they wear, it's, it's acceptable. It's, it's commonplace for people to wear masks all the time. You know, three months ago, if you got on the LA Metro wearing a mask, people would look at you like you're a serial killer, right? They think they're, they think something's wrong with you. Um, this is like, you know, the first time the U S has had a pandemic or really had anything bad, you know, this bad happen since, World War Two. Like, how many people have died now? Seventy thousand more. I can't even keep track. So I can't either. I don't know. I think that I think that we now just realize that this is a thing that can happen, and we're just all going to be a little weirder. But here's here's like where I'm at, and you guys, it's a question because I don't have enough information. But what it looks like is that we do have some states that have opened up like normal like you know that video from texas of someone at brunch where people were seated next to them and every it was like this had never happened but then there was a giant surge in outbreaks in the same area isn't that just always going to be like it's either we don't ever do anything again or we do and then deal with that surge when it happens is there well, ever going to be a time we can we can yeah. go back to normal where there's not going to be a spike in infections uh, when we do? Yeah, when there's a vaccination and vaccine. enough people, and once you've already had it and have immunity, so on a population level, once enough people have had COVID, plus the rest of the people have been vaccinated, then it's kind but of more like it, a... I guess I just read something about them not ever making a vaccine that worked like that in under and like tested it in under four years. So is that like the timeline or am I? It, I don't know. I think that there's a, you know, there's obviously a lot of um, international pressure and cooperation to make this quick. Right. Cause people, so many people are dying and I think normally, uh, you know, what, what other diseases are there that have had this scale that the, the whole world has had to work together to, you know, right. get rid of? Um, polio? I don't know how long HIV. that took. Yeah. Well, and they don't, yeah, and those, they, yeah. Take a while. No, but I think it's more, it's not just that. I think it's that, you know, we have to come to terms with the fact that there are diseases out there and our own sort of mortality in that sense. Like if it's not this, 
you know, when's the next disease going to come, right? When's the next virus? Because it's just, it's there, it's out there, it's brewing. Um, so I guess for your question, it's like, um, yeah, we can open up and people will die. And then we go back to staying at home and then we open up and people die. Or we kind of just find some middle ground where it's, okay, you can right, go to a restaurant. For the record, I'm not saying I'm not saying that's what we I think should. we should do. No, I was no, no. just I was asking about it. Yeah, I think we're just all gonna probably wear masks, or enough people will wear masks, and those will be the people who survive. It's like it's no different than the parents who decide not to give their kids vaccinations for measles. Enough, yeah. you know, you don't do it. Enough people don't do it, and those are the kids that die. And then who's left? So there's going to be the people with the masks and the people who. Yeah, maybe. I feel like <laughs> that's a bad comparison because wearing a mask is like, I don't know if they even really know like how effective it is. You know what I mean? Just a cloth mask over your face. Yeah. Like maybe it helps to stop like drops of spit flying around, but it's not like, oh, if you wear a mask, you're safe and you're not going to die. Because yeah. like, if you look at it like that, it's, it's almost like then it would be worse wearing a mask because you have a false sense of security. Maybe. And then the second you take it off. <laughs> I guess I guess the thing is like this all happened so fast and we our knowledge can't keep up with what's happening. Right? Like we just don't know. Yeah. Well, it's just always changing the information that we're getting every day. Yeah. But it's because people don't know what's happening. It's not like people know what's going on and we're in the dark. I think nobody knows what to do right now. So we're getting all the same information as like, yeah government officials and so do you guys feel like in your day-to-day are you less stressed than you were a month ago when we chatted yeah and do you feel like the people you run into or see seem less stressed yeah james um I don't really run into or see too many people. <laughs> so I wouldn't, you got to get groceries, right? Do you get groceries? <laughs> Do you eat? Have you stopped eating? Um, I mean, I guess. You guess you've stopped I eating? Guess. Or you guess you go to the grocery store? I guess, I guess he's less stressed. stressed. Yeah. yeah. So I went to... Are uh, you? Well, I went to Trader Joe's this morning. And the people all had masks. I think, you know, they were required to have a mask. But besides that, I don't think people really acted like, and I was there with like the old people. They didn't act like they cared. Like at first it was, everyone's in a line, right? Everyone's staying six feet apart. Now it's like, oh, I forgot to get blueberries. And someone just like literally walks right in front of you, grabs them and goes on. And I was just like, oh, I feel like as the, most susceptible group to this disease. You'd be like extra careful. Yeah, you'd, you'd care a little more. I, and I don't know if it's a sense of people being burned out or people... Uh, uh, like diabetes burnout when you just stop like who cares? caring about your body. Yeah, yeah, you're like... Maybe. I mean, I feel like I go to the grocery store, I still wear, I still wear an, a 95 mask and I still wear gloves. And... I go in, I follow the rules, and I'm out. Um, 
I don't wa- you know, I think I wash my hands still when I get the mail and I come back. I think I'm I'm trying to do those things. I don't feel like I'm stressing about it as much in that sense. Like I'm not like, oh God, if I touch my face, I'm gonna die. Right. It's less of a panicky feeling. Yeah. Which maybe the maybe the panic was an overreaction because we didn't know. Yeah. But I definitely will go outside and go for a run in the middle of the street and see tons of people without masks. And you run in the middle of the street? Yeah. That's one thing I've actually seen a lot of is it's like people running in the middle of the street. I think it's to avoid coming close to other people, people. on the sidewalk. Yeah, you get stuck in like, the sidewalk. You yeah. know, just because there's a pandemic doesn't mean there's no cars on the street. Like <laughs> There aren't that many cars. <laughs> um, I try and run early. So there's, yeah. there usually aren't cars anyways. And I'm not in the middle of the street. I'm usually like on the side next to the parked cars. But that's where I would run before all of this anyways. <clears throat> Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like people don't care as much. People are over it. They're just like, take me, Corona. Just be done with it. Did I tell you guys when I went to down to Newport Beach just to go on a drive and they, it was like driving into Pleasantville. Like it was actually like a weird, it was weird to watch them all because none of them acted like this was going on but there was like a sense of happiness in all of them because they were like had no stress about anything like we didn't see one mask restaurants were like halfway open like they were still doing curbside but the people working weren't wearing masks the people coming up weren't there was like people having barbecues going to the beach and i was like we just went down to go on a drive like to see the ocean i was like where are we right now but they were all very happy but now of course so many people down there are getting it like, no. it's stupid. They should not be doing that at all. They're so, they think they. Maybe it's just like a it. carrot and stick. Like, you need to, like, people like, oh, it's okay now. And then a bunch of people get sick and then they'll all freak out. And. Yeah. So, I don't quite remember a month the ago. The topic? No, no, no. Um, I don't really remember a month ago. <laughs> I think it was, do you know if it was before I had my virtual endocrinologist appointment? You remember me talking I think about it this? Was, I don't remember talking about it. So it was great. It was fine. It was easy. She looked at my Dexcom stuff on a shared screen while we looked at it and we chatted for a half hour or whatever the time allotted was. Just like being at the office because I didn't have to drive there. I didn't have to wait. Um, but my A1C had gone up. And I was like, you know, you never, I don't know, we're just trained to never want it to go up. And I was like, oh, okay. And she was like, yeah, I wouldn't worry. You're uh, adjusted. So how, how did that work? Like ahead of time, you had to go to a, uh, like a blood? No, she just used the Dexcom GMI. Oh. Just the two-week guess. And Dexcom tends to always be a little bit higher with its estimate than what my A1C actually turns out to be. So I wasn't concerned, but, you know, if it went up, it, it probably went up with the A1C. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I felt like my blood sugars were higher just because, you know, I was doing different things. And I think that's what she kind of like drove home for me. It was, we are all in a different reality. And so uh, it's okay to not have everything figured out while you adjust. But I think now, high 60s number of days into this, 
I'm starting to adjust. Like my patterns have changed. I'm my body's adjusting. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. Uh, I mean, it's tough for me to know like what is adjusting to like the COVID thing because I also moved house and stuff. So like, yeah. I feel like I'm getting more into a routine and like getting settled just because like <laughs> unpacking and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. So I don't know how much yeah. is like, oh, okay, I'm getting used to the pandemic situation. But uh, I mean, it's funny because like when I was in my apartment, I was like, sanitizing doorknobs and doing that kind of crap and wearing gloves to the grocery store. And then we moved and like, it's funny because in a house I had like construction guys coming and going and this and that, like a bunch more people coming over. But for some reason I've dropped the whole, like I haven't sanitized a doorknob in months. Like I don't, I ran out of gloves and like, I'm not going to wear gloves to the grocery store. I just wash my hands. <laughs> I mean, I feel like, uh, you have to figure out what the right balance is, you know, and I think probably washing hands is as effective or more effective than like wearing a pair of gloves. And then if you wear gloves and touch your face, it's just as bad as if you didn't stuff like that. So, yeah, I guess, I guess the point of the gloves is like, it makes you aware yeah. of your hands. And so you don't touch your face. But like the mask, like I'm always adjusting it. So like, I feel like I know I do the same thing. (laughs) I'm constantly adjusting my mask and I'm like, wait a second. (laughs) One of the ones I have just always goes up to my eyes. So I'm always pulling it down. (laughs) What about you, Laura? Have you found your new pattern? I think, I mean, I still have my crazy days, but I think I am kind of getting back into a rhythm it's hard because I I'm not even working from home right now. So I don't have like any sort of routine. I have to completely just, you know what I mean? Like there's no reason that I would be exercising at the same time every day, unless I make myself do that because I don't have any other obligations around that. But I've been trying to go at the same time, like Jason skates every morning for a few hours. So that's when I try to get my exercising in. Um, It's still hard. I, I'm not in, like, I still have no idea what I'm doing, but I think that it's gotten easier from the last time we talked when things were, like, insane with my numbers. Yeah. Well, you did a little bit of trial and error, right? And you figured out some things. Yeah. Mostly in terms of, like, your dinner. Well, I had, yeah, I was having major problems with my dinner because I was just eating protein and veggies. And what happened? So then I'd go to bed. So then I would drop because I would get like two units to try and cover the protein and then I would drop before bed and then I would eat a little bit to raise myself up and always go to bed at a perfect number, like perfect has been like 85 to 100. And then every night in the middle of the night, I was going up to like 250 every single night. And then you helped me telling me to get insulin after like after before, like when I was about to go to bed or eat carbs with my meal. So I've been trying to do more carbs with my meal, which actually does really help. Really? Lots of sweet potatoes, brown rice. I got like white beans on the name. So you eat carbs at dinner and you end up being not as high at night. In, In the, the middle end. of the night. Yeah. yeah. Mm. It's a tricky one. Yeah. Because what is weird, you guys, is 
that it's not like I just it's not like quarantine happened and then I just started this low carb dinner like I that's this is how I've always eaten I've never seen a protein spike like I'm experiencing like I had never experienced that before until now yeah but I think it's not it's not that the meals have changed that's everything's changed like you would go to work right you know yes, many yes. days a week and you'd be on your feet you'd be walking around you'd be moving you know I went from probably walking three, four miles a day just to and from work and just being around to zero, you know, to about yeah. 20 feet from my bed to my chair. And then I don't move for eight hours. Um, yeah, totally. And so just that little bit of motion, it was just like making your insulin work differently. It was using up, you know, glycogen in your muscles. So your body at night when you were sleeping, it was sucking all that blood sugar out. And so that's gone. Yeah. I don't know. It's very annoying. I'm worried once we figure all this out, everything's going to open back up and then we're going to have to relearn it all. Everything will change again. Yeah. Yeah. But the carbs, the carbs help. What seems to work better for me is even if I run a little high at night and say I get a correction before bed to come down, then I'll stay down. It's when I am low and eat a little bit is when I'm like... It takes hours to hit me when I'm sleeping. Well, because that was the issue, right? You were taking insulin or pre-bolusing or right when you eat, taking insulin, eating a low-carb dinner. Yeah. No-carb dinner. Asparagus. Asparagus still eating meat. Yeah. Virtually no carbs. Then you would go low because your insulin would mm-hmm. hit you. You'd have to eat glucose or something. Fruit strips. Fruit strips. And then that would make you go up. And then all the food that you had bolus for would make you go high. Yeah. Twice as high. So by eating eating carbs at dinner, you're basically just moving that fruit strip from those amount of carbs. After the meal. Yeah. So instead of going low and then high, you're just kind of shifting it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Seems to be working. Yeah. That's the, I don't know, power of something. Knowledge. Of something. <laughs> Trial and error. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I guess it's a lot of, uh, I don't know, just adjusting. You know? But isn't it always? It is, but... I don't know. I guess it just it's just, it was just too much at this once. It was a pretty big thing, yeah. Yeah. There wasn't like a I don't know, little period. I don't know. I just I even me I felt like it took me so long to figure out uh I don't know, like how to like bowls for breakfast again. You know, mm-hmm. and then I figured it out and then it was like all of a sudden I did that and then like 3 days in a row I'll eat dinner and I just immediately plummet and go low. And like that wasn't the issue before. And so it's just, I don't know. It's like, uh, I don't know, this weird balancing game where it's like you fix one thing and then something else gets pushed out of place. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, you're kind of just chasing it all the time. It's like juggling. And then just when you have like the rhythm down, someone throws another ball in the mix that yeah. you have to like, and then, juggle yeah, as well. You drop a few balls. Right. And it put the balls on fire. Yeah. And you're on fire. <laughs> and if you drop it, you die. If you drop it, you die. Yeah, pretty much. You got to like <laughs> kick the balls up with your feet, right? And they start to fall. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. It's weird asking what's new because there's nothing new. It's all the same. There's nothing new. Um, yeah. <laughs> Good podcast. <laughs> <laughs>